we're going to take a few moments to um, just look again at uh, what Andy began our services with. And uh, so I think we've got the last slide now, Steve. Are we just got a picture? Just a picture for the moment. Right there. Um, some years ago, for our 25th wedding anniversary, Jill and I went to Cyprus. And if you go to Cyprus and to Paphos, there's a little church there. It's an Anglican church. And uh, when, when we were there, I don't think that walkway was there. Because I think probably what happens now is you have to walk on the walkway to view the ruins. Sorry, Jill hasn't left because of the mention of our tent. <laughs> we had a really lovely time. It was wonderful. Uh, but one of the things that we, we, I, we actually, I, in a, tucked in the back of a photo album, we have a picture of this. But because I was actually able to stand in front of it and take the photo. So I think times must have changed um, because these are all ruins. And tradition says that that is a post against which Paul was tied and beaten whilst on his missionary journeys in Cyprus. There's not really a foundation to it, but tradition says that. But I thought that would be a good picture to introduce uh, these verses uh, that we read, or that Andy read to us. And um, Paul, because... <laughs> You may be wondering, because in the, if you look at the little list that's produced, um, it's, for today it says, um, heroes of the Bible, Paul. And we've looked at all kinds of heroes so far, haven't we? We haven't looked at Paul. <clears throat> but when I was thinking about this, um, what we would uh, talk about this morning, and this is very brief here this morning, um, Jill and I were out somewhere in the car, and we were listening to the radio, Radio 4. Let's get that in. And um, it was sort of discussion-y sort of program about happiness. And uh, people were sort of phoning in with their little anecdotes and experiences. And there were the sort of resident experts who had their bit to say. And um, some of you know this already, but I tell you, my wife is very wise. And um, we were listening to this, and we came to the conclusion that what people were really saying is that people that really could say they were happy, what they were saying was that they were content. It wasn't about how much you had, how well you felt, and all those sort of things, although they really do help, don't they? I know, yeah, of course it does, helps, helps. It helps to feel well, it helps to have sufficient money and so on and so forth. But really what they were talking about, the people who seemed to have got the secret, <laughs> if there was one, was about being uh, content. And this um, verse came to my mind, along with um, the uh, story of Corrie ten Boom. You remember that, the Dutch lady who was imprisoned by the Germans. Because uh, somewhere in in her book, and we don't seem to have a copy at home now, so I couldn't find it. <coughs> but somewhere in her book, she makes reference to being content despite the awful conditions in which she found herself. She even writes about giving thanks, if I remember 
rightly, for the fleas or for the lice. Because it gave them an awareness. If they were still alive. They were, you know, things were still going on. Isn't that tremendous to be able to, to do that? And uh, so Paul here um, pens these words to uh, the Philippia, to the Philippians. And uh, he writes them part of the letter, thanking them, yes, for a gift. And in the course of that, he uh, writes about being content, whatever the circumstances. And I just want us to briefly focus on that, just for a few minutes. What am I getting at here? Well, the thing is, when we think of being heroic, do we sometimes just think of the spectacular? The thing that catches the public's eye. The thing that makes us gasp in wonder and amazement. The thing that perhaps actually impacts upon us. And, and do we miss the real heroes? The people who faithfully drive the school bus every day. I don't know who drives a school bus. I'm just using that as an example. What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say is that sometimes we reject what we view as being mundane and ordinary and look for the spectacular, not realising that those who engage in the mundane and ordinary do it perhaps with a heart of service and dedication that needs to be recognised too. And that uh, Paul, to me, is very much a picture of somebody who's never looking around for everyone else's approval or recognition. He's a very focused person. Focused on what? On his calling. On what God called him to do. On what God asked him to do. On the people that God had given him, scattered throughout uh, the then uh, known world, uh, banding the Mediterranean there. So what was Paul talking about? (coughs) Well, I think he was talking about acceptance. He was talking about not kicking against the circumstances he found himself in, but of accepting that as being his lot, and not allowing it to cloud his judgment, not allowing it to prevent him from doing the things that he knew he needed to do for God. I think it's about being a servant whether times are easy or whether times are difficult. Now I have to confess to you that I'm too easily affected by my circumstances. If things are good, I'm happy, I'm a nice person to know. If it's a bit rough, I'm not so nice to know. Um, I might be good at hiding it, but that's the truth of it. That's my human nature, and it comes out, doesn't it? When all is well, we're enthusiastic for God. We're busy for God. We're generous for God. And when the times are difficult, that's the first excuse we've got to perhaps not be what God wants us to be. Now, I realize that as I'm standing here talking to you, you're saying to me, quite rightly, but Paul, 
You don't know my life. You don't know what I'm coping with. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know about that illness I'm dealing with. You don't know about those family relationships that are causing me so much difficulty. Absolutely right. I have no idea. And I'm not here this morning. And nor is Andy every other Sunday or any other preacher that comes. We're not here to come and try and hammer into you the way you should live and what you should do. Of course not. We come to share with you what the word of God says to us. I've, I've told you a little bit as we've gone through the slides, haven't I, how this week I've researched things and the old Google images and find things out. That's, and that's the best we can do, isn't it? To share with one another what God says to us and to encourage one another. That's what Paul uh, wrote in one of his epistles, that we should encourage one another. We should stir up one another. But it's not for anybody to tell someone else how they should live or what they should be doing. We might be able to help and advise and come alongside one another, of course. But there is a way in which it should be done. I'm just so glad to have just a minute or so to just take the opportunity to say that this morning. So, no, I'm not here to tell you how you should live, but I'm here to just share with you Paul, his life, what he said that it might encourage us to be like him. Paul writes elsewhere and encourages those that read his letter to be imitators of him. Well, I'm not going to tell you to be an imitator of me. But when Paul says to them to be imitators of him, he says it because he in turn was an imitator of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why he said it. He said, you imitate me because I'm imitating Jesus. I'm following him. He's my motivation. He's my reason. He's the one I want to please. And because I'm like that, I encourage you to be like that. And so that's um, really where it's all from. Now, Paul, he, in a sense, had the right to say this, perhaps more than anyone else. Let me share with you uh, some verses in uh, the second second letter to the Corinthians. Um, When Paul wrote his second letter to the Corinthians, it's a bit different to lots of the other letters because... He seemed to need to justify who he was and what he was doing. They were a difficult bunch, the Corinthians. If you read those two letters, you discover that. They got lots of things wrong. But don't be too harsh on them. They were the early church. They were the learners. They were the beginners class. And they had their experiences that we might learn. But he he needed to kind of tell them a thing or two. And so this is what what he says to you. This is what he says to them are there any Hebrews so am I are there any Israelites so am I are they Abraham's descendants so am I are they servants of Christ I'm out of my mind to talk like this I am more I have worked much harder been in prison more frequently been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. 
I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Beside everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Now, turn a page. I know I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. Paul knew what he was writing, talking about, writing about. He'd been through all that. And he could still say, well, I'm content. And why was that? Do you notice that there's a sort of key phrase there? To be content is not to be complacent. Word of wisdom from Jill. But through dependence and reliance on God, we're able to serve and witness for him despite our circumstances. And that's real heroism. But there's a key phrase here that Paul uses. I have learned how. It's it's not some sort of one day it's really just terrible and I can't cope. And the next day It's all wonderful. No. Paul learned through what? Reading books. From his teacher. Remember, he sat at the feet of uh, Gamaliel, one of the great uh, Jewish teachers. Through the Jewish tradition? No. Through a preacher? No. He learned through his experience. And he learned, I believe, because he kept close to the Lord. And through those experiences, time and time again, he proved God to be faithful. Our reading, of course, was only a a part of uh, a a whole uh, passage. But we ended with that famous verse 13. I can do everything through him, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, who gives me strength. Paul wasn't writing to them saying, do you know, I really am a superman. doesn't matter what happens to me. I'm just not touched by it. I can just get on with it. Of course not. He says, I've been through just more than you can imagine. But through it all, I've learned things. I've learned how to accept that. And how to deal with it. And what's more, I've grown closer to my saviour. So you have to, we have to look at it, don't we, in the, in, the, in the context, as it were. Do you know, I don't believe our hero, and we're going to conclude now, uh, the Apostle Paul, our hero for the morning, as it were. I don't believe he was ever rich, or comfortable, or universally liked, popular. I don't believe he, he knew what it was not to be 
tired and a bit stressed out. But he was content. He accepted that as his situation, as part of God's calling. And he took his example for that, our own saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the challenge for us this morning, as we conclude, the challenge for me, is to learn to be content. Not by incredible sort of effort, but by turning to God. By giving everything up, in a sense, to him, so that he can use me. I was um, thinking yesterday uh, evening, I can't, something triggered it in my mind, but um, that picture in Jeremiah of the potter's wheel. Remember, Jeremiah was sent to go and see the potter. That's what we need to do, isn't it? Let God collapse it in and make something and let God do the making, not our ideas and ideals, not our plans and uh, even our ambitions. Just let God be the, be the potter. So there's a challenge this morning for all of us to learn to be content, to be more like our saviour. Oh, thanks, Steve. You put the, you put the verse up uh, eventually. I hope that's helped this morning. I hope there's um, uh, a different way of doing things. It's a family service, but I hope it's um, encouraged us to some thought and uh, encouraged us all in the weeks and the days that uh, God gives us uh, to be the people that he wants us to be.